Check, check. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown. We took some time off from the show, but we're really excited to bring you a new Debrief experience. We'll be releasing episodes every other week on all podcasting platforms. And if you want the video format of the show, you can head over to YouTube and find us at The Debrief with Matt Brown. With that being said, let's jump into the episode. Hey guys, we're having a conversation today on healing and uh, we're in a series right now at Sandals Church. I'm not exactly sure when this is gonna post. We're in a series right now uh, on healing at Sandals Church. And for some of you, just seeing the church as a place of healing is very, very different, very, very new. Uh, or I think a lot of us, I think we always kind of knew maybe, yeah, this the, this what the church is supposed to do. But there's this, this interesting movement of what God is doing and um, it's just really interesting. And so I, I think that the challenge for all of us is that healing in modern times has been regulated to, to biology only. Yeah. So, uh, so many of our doctors, um, our psychiatrists, uh, they, their training literally is 100% focused on the biology. So you are a chemistry set, and if we can readjust your chemistry, then you're going to be healed. And so, um, and all I would say is, I'm not saying that that's, that's a wrong approach. What I'm saying in this series is that cannot be the only approach. And here's why. We have had uh, psychological med- medications for years, decades, and uh, psychosis is not getting better. It's getting worse. And so what that tells us as a society is we are not merely biological beings. And um, I, I'm going to be speaking, and so if you're watching this, go back and watch my message. Like for you guys, you haven't heard it yet, but these people will be able to access that. So it's kind of weird. It's like a time warp episode. Um, but I'm going to preach on when Jesus heals legion, uh, the demon. And I think so many Christians, we have historically misunderstood what needs to take place and 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 the key line in that story is jesus says what is your name and he says we are legion for we are many and i think that as a christian when when i got locked into this box so a a doctor looks at you as merely biological i think as christians our temptation can be that everything's only spiritual Mm -hmm. and so that's why we're 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 not an we're not in either camp and we're not helpful to either person and so what i'm going to preach on or what i have preached on it's weird it hasn't happened yet (laughs) but it will happen (laughs) <laughs> is that what what what, what the, the person is saying is I have a lot of problems mm-hmm. and so what I want us to look at in terms of healing is there's a biological component there's a psychological component there is a um, a uh, so bio psych, excuse me social nobody inter, nobody okay. ever includes that mm-hmm. uh, social and then there's a spiritual component so let's look at legion so legion has i think we would all agree he has some spiritual issues he has mm-hmm. a demon named legion like i think that that's a pretty good clue that this is a spiritual problem mm-hmm. um, i think that he probably has chemical problems biological you know if medicine was able to look at his chemistry look at his serotonin levels like where is your dopamine firing right? I think they would have messed with that. But there's also a social component. He's isolated and lives in a cemetery, Yeah. right? And then there's, then there's a psychological component, it's his thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so um, for so many of us in healing, I think that we, we clump the biological process and the thinking process and we say they're the same thing. So what, how, do we, how do we separate that? So if I'm depressed, that can be a chemical problem. If I take medication for depression, that will not help me change my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So this is why people are so discouraged when they go on medications. I like, go, oh, I still have bad thoughts. Mm-hmm. Well, 
you have to learn to change your thoughts. And that's an right. actual physical process that one has to go through yeah. that takes work, counseling, and socialization, right? So much of our anxiety today, uh, I have social anxiety. Well, interacting with people is hard and weird. <laughs> and it gets harder and weirder the less you do it. Yeah. So, so I can't just go get medication for my anxiety. I have to learn to engage with people. And it's hard and it's scary and people are dangerous and you know it's why it's why people you know have a uh, an emotional support animal because mm -hmm. the animal is consistent and it doesn't talk back and it's not self-centered and it doesn't stab you in the back while yeah. you sleep at night like <laughs> so um, so there's a social component there but at church there's a spiritual component and I think this is what so many of us as Christians are missing is inviting God into the process. Yeah. And that's what I would say that the number one goal for all of this is to simply say, God, I'm inviting, I'm giving you permission to be involved in this process of healing that is biological, like cancer is a biological problem. Mm -hmm. It's also a social problem. It has social stigmatization. You lose your hair, your, your skin is discolored, um, your, your body is goes through it just a dramatic change people look at you like there, there's there's a social stigma that comes with disease uh, you lose your leg um, you know where, where I work out of the gym there's a lot of um, military veterans mm -hmm. that work out of my gym so there's a lot of metal legs mm -hmm. men and women mm -hmm. like I was working next to a woman yesterday with two metal legs and she's pressing more weight than me right mm -hmm. but she has to get over the fact that people are going to stare yeah you know I I am telling you, and I was staring because it's different, it's unusual, it's whatever. So there's a social component to her healing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, just like just like with racism we've talked about, like you've been with me in Asia where when you're the only white person, like there there is a social reaction that occurs whether you like it or not. And that's why minorities in America experience things that non-minority members don't experience because when you're in the majority, you don't stand out. So there's there's a social component to healing, and, um, and and we have to understand that. But so it's psychosocial, bio, spiritual, and then there's a spiritual component. Jesus, would you heal me? And that's what I want to talk about today. Is is for Christians, we need to we need to go to the doctor, right? There's a biological component. Uh, there's a psychological component, counseling, but there's also a spiritual component, and then there's a social component. Um, we feel better when we're with healthy people. We feel worse when we're with toxic unhealthy, mm -hmm. judgmental people. Um, it has an effect on us. Um, mm -hmm. And as Christians, I think we're afraid to say, um, like, if someone says that person gives off a bad energy, oh, well, that's new age. Well, I, that's actually real. Mm -hmm. People give off bad energy. Yeah. And it, 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 you know, like we've all been with somebody where you're like, oh my God, I had to get <laughs> away from that person. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a new age person would say, you know, their aura or their whatever there's a non-physical component to something that's affecting us mm -hmm. and it's not just their mood it there it's like sticky gross it's mm -hmm. it's ugh. you know i can't wait to be away from this person because there's their spiritual psycho social disease whatever right it comes off on mm -hmm. us and so go ahead yeah i just wanted to touch on as as you're kind of navigating and we're going through this how should the christian you know determine hey this might be a medical solution versus right. this might be a spiritual solution. Um, me personally, I have a, a history of mental health. I struggle with depression. Mm. Um, I'm currently in therapy for it right mm. now. But one of the things I said for myself as I began this process is, mm. 
medication is not a solution for mm -hmm. me because I know it's more of like my thought pattern and those mm -hmm. kind of things. Mm -hmm. So how can a Christian kind of healthily, in a healthy way discern what kind of solution they should be looking for? Yeah, so what I would say is, um, I, I, wouldn't, I would advise you not to say medication is not a solution for me. What I would advise you to say is, I'm going to try spiritual healing, I'm going to try social healing, and I'm going to try psychological healing, so my thoughts, my mind, my exercises, and if that doesn't work, then I will consider this. Mm -hmm. And then for the same thing I would say for the person who um, has tried medication and been very frustrated, because um, I have a good friend of mine that tried uh, a form of medication and it worked instantly for him. And he went and he talked to the doctor and the doctor was surprised. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He said, usually we run through this like for years trying to find um, the right dosing, the right medication that works for each individual because it affects us differently. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, and that's just the reality. We are all unique beings. We're all unique. Sorry, guys. We are all unique um, people, and we have unique chemistries, unique biologies, unique situations. Um, you know, and so that's a challenge. So, so what I would say is, do the good work, uh, pray about it. Um, you know, go through go through deep healing. Um, you know, like you're working on, on on your mindset and whatever. And so, I think the thing that I see with young people today, and I would call you a young person. I is that, that the expect the expectations of life are just so out of mm -hmm. they're just completely crazy for what life really is life is going to be hard it is going to be difficult we are all going to feel down and i think that the tendency now is when i'm feeling down i'm going through a season it's to say oh i'm depressed well you're just struggling like this is life and 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 we and we got to get through this and um you know and and so I would just say focus on those three things. And as a Christian, I think you're pretty typical is I can pray through this, I can think my way through this, I can work my way through this. And so the challenge with mental things is, you know, if if the rehab is if the rehab that's needed is, is chemistry, I don't know that you can. So that's why you need a doctor that really helps you figure out um, just like I look at medicine like glasses, like you wear glasses. Like we can pray for your vision to improve, we can do eye exercises, we can do positive thinking, but if you need glasses to see, you need glasses to see. And so that's how I would look at medication is, uh, if medication can help somebody, um, you know, like I think about um, one of our staff members, um, and I'm, I'm gonna say his name, but he just, his, he, his ADD is just so fierce and so out of control his wife came to him and just said, I need you to do something because this is not normal. And I think really that's the question, what is normal? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's hard because normal changes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so for him, medication was life-changing, life-altering. And um, I did, because um, I had ADD really bad. I spent a lot of money and I actually did mind therapy, focus therapy. Mm. Um, and I've had friends who tried to do it and, and walked out of the first session. like. <laughs> Uh, I had a friend named Tony. He paid the money for like all 10 sessions. He went once for 10 minutes and never came back. Mm -hmm. Because it is, it is really hard for a person like me to focus. Mm -hmm. and, um, but I did it because I realized it was a problem in my life. I couldn't read. I'm a pastor. I need to study. I need to um, sit down and, and devote. I need to be dis disciplined and devote myself to study and preparation. And it was life-changing for me. But it was about, about two months, twice a week, just on focusing. And, um, and 
people say, oh, I can't focus. No, you, 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 my problem is I focus on everything. I had a hard time focusing on one thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so tapping into that and working through that. But um, Question, did you feel like you had to hit a certain point within your journey to almost accept the fact that you needed help and then to take the necessary steps to get help? Because like for myself personally, before I started going to therapy, I was at like rock bottom, mm-hmm. couldn't function as a regular human being, was choosing all different types of really poor choices. And a friend of mine had to step in and say, hey, you're not okay. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about this. And then like, let's talk about what your options are. So. Mm-hmm thinking about mm. getting to that certain point or a certain point where you 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 accept that you need some sort of help mm-hmm. um, but then need to think through the change um, so I don't know if you have with your um, with your focus therapy if that happened to you where it got to a point kind of like what you were talking about with your friend where his wife stepped in and said hey I need you mm-hmm. to get some sort of help I knew I had I, I knew I had a problem with missing meetings forgetting mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. Um, you know, my kids, my daughter's in here, but they would ask me, Dad, are you listening? Or are you listening, listening? <laughs> so so they would say that all the time. And so I realized, man, I have a significant problem because even though I'm present, I'm absent. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's why I struggled in school. I'd be sitting I'd be sitting in the desk, but my mind, you know, I was with Luke Skywalker and we were somewhere else, you know, like we were, just, <laughs> we were fighting Darth Vader. I mean, I just was gone. And so um, I was never like a behavioral problem in school, you know, like you can have my body, but you'll never have my mind. You know, mm-hmm. I got to sit here, but yeah. I was just checked out. And, um, you know, I think for a lot of us, fantasy is always more fun than reality. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's mm-hmm. dangerous. And yeah. so learning to engage in reality and uh, learning to do that. But I, I think that's where the social component comes in is um, you had a friend that said, hey, I don't think you're okay. You know, we had a staff member, um, and you guys all know him, um, getting ready to go through heart surgery. Mm-hmm. and. I was actually interacting with him with her in the room and I was like something's up mm. but I didn't want to embarrass him so afterwards on the way home I called him and I said hey man are you are you like having major anxiety are you like you don't seem okay oh I'm fine I'm fine and I just said is your is your wife around anywhere yeah yeah she's here I said can you put me on speaker and he did and I said hey do you think Mike's okay I, I feel like he's freaking out what do you think and she's laughs she's oh yeah he's losing it mm. But he was unaware of himself. And so I think we can all make excuses for ourselves. And that's why we need people. Hey, you're not okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think about your grandmother, uh, my wife's mom. She gained 150 pounds over a year. And we all just kind of watched it happen. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a sensitive issue, weight. But but what we didn't know was her kidneys and liver were shutting down and she wasn't processing liquid. Mm -hmm. But we all watched it. But she wasn't in community groups. She wasn't with other people who were like, Hey, something's going on. Mm-hmm. And even like her husband, he just watched it every day. So it didn't seem dramatic, dramatic yeah. to him. Yeah. So that's why we need other people that are like, hey man, what's going on? You seem different. Um, and, and we need those people. And, and don't depend on your spouse because it's risky. Your spouse risks uh, you know, um, a lack of intimacy, a lack of sex, a lack of love. Like there are all kinds of risks for the people that love you the most, where a small group is like, look, I just gotta see you on Tuesdays at eight o'clock. So if you hate me, <laughs> like if you if you if you ha- if you're never gonna speak to me, like that's gonna suck. But I can get over that. Mm-hmm. But if my wife doesn't want to see me, that's gonna be a real problem. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've always appreciated that we have a strong eight in my small group, and he'll say things that I wish I could say to my wife, because mm. he doesn't like he doesn't have to sleep with her that night. You know, he's like he's like, hey, that's crazy. You know. 
and he just says it and he says the same thing to me and then we pray and he goes home mm -hmm. and um you know i think and that's why people say oh a small group is is superficial or whatever well, there needs to be a level of so the people will tell you the truth because if they love mm -hmm. you too much yeah. it's like your mother you know it's like mm -hmm. remember uh, american idol oh my mom says i should be a singer it's like your mom cannot tell you the truth because yeah. you're yeah. terrible yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. and 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 we need people that love us but like they you know i mean yeah they're willing to step into yeah. those spaces and have that they're willing to risk the relationship mm -hmm. and and in marriage that's really hard with your kids that's really hard because the fallout and it's why m so many married couples live in a horrific marriage for their lives because mm -hmm. the fear of it exploding is greater than the fear of kind of, you know, living in this, like, like think about Putin, right? So who knows when this release, what happened? We don't know, hopefully we're still here. Um, we've, we've all known, like everybody's known, this guy's whack, yeah. you know, he's, he's probably a problem, um, but dealing with the problem has scarier results than just kind of ignoring it and pretending that, you know, he's probably not gonna do these things, you know. Um, like I was listening to Senator Rubio, Marco Rubio, and he's, and, he, and so in, in, in those committees, they go through risk-reward scenarios. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the game of war theory, right? So what is the risk, what is the reward? And they all decided, as normal people, the risks far outweigh the rewards, you know, of the Ukraine situation, unless you're nuts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, right, so it turns out not dealing with it was worse than facing it, which is usually the problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so in your marriage, in your relationship with your kids, with your best friend, it's better to go through some crap for a week or two with the hope that there's gonna be mm -hmm. light at the end of the tunnel than just sitting in this like cold war, mm -hmm. you know, forever. And um, you know, I think that's important. So I, I think that that's where the social component is so important. And here's the problem with medicine. Our doctors no longer know us. Mm, yeah. yeah. They don't. Um, you know, that's a real problem with medicine today. They don't have the time. They don't know you. That you know, um, it, you need that relationship to know what's going on. And, and right, it's all about. You know, I mean, they got cost structures and cost sheets, and they, they got to pay their bills. And I understand that. But so much of of I think good medical practice is the doctor actually knows you mm -hmm. yeah. and cares about you. Yeah. What, you know? what would you say? I think that a lot of me personally, and I think a lot of other people really struggle with just in terms of like the social aspect of healing, like me personally, I am a lone wolf. I want to go it alone. I don't necessarily like think that way, like consciously, like, oh, I can do it by myself. But my natural inclination is mm -hmm. to, you know what? I pray for myself. I don't need to ask for prayer. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I'm talking to my doctor. I don't necessarily yeah. need to talk about it with my husband. I don't need to talk about it with my community group. Like, I mean, I just guess diving into that, like, why is it important to like bring other people in? Because mm -hmm. I understand that for, I feel like community either makes sense to you or it doesn't at all. Mm -hmm. Like there's not super middle ground. Like you're either connected and you crave that and you want that or you're not and you don't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. It's like what, I guess, simple, like what does that, should that look like in your life and why is it important? Like for the person who yeah. doesn't understand at all. Well, I think there are two sides of that. Like one is boundaries, right? You need healthy boundaries. Uh, especially if you're married, you probably need to talk about what you're gonna share before you just blurt it out so that you don't, <laughs> you know, um, embarrass your spouse in a, in, a, in, a, in a group setting. And you also have to gauge, 
are these people safe? Are they mm -hmm. mature? Um, you know, you need, you, you, need, you need to engage in that. And that's why I think the first step is come forward for prayer, talk to a minister, talk to somebody who's trained. Um, I mean, I can't guarantee you you're going to have a good experience in small group. We have nutty people in our small groups. We have selfish, sinful people. We have people in our church, in our small groups, who believe things that I think are heresy. So I can't guarantee that your advice is going to be like what this is Sandals Church approved. Um, but if we clamp down on that, right, then we become a cult. Mm -hmm. So there's, there, there's, there's, there's really, there's dangers on every cliff, um, you know, and, and historically that's what churches do, right? We, we're not going to fall off that cliff, so we all run and fall off this one. Mm -hmm. um, I think we, we need to talk about, you know, um, problems, you know, you know, get in a marriage group where it's, it's, everybody kind of knows, okay, hey, we're, we're all here because we need help. You know, Tammy and I are in uh, marriage counseling right now, and so we have to sit in the lobby. And there's all couples in the lobby. We're not all here because we have amazing marriages, right? Like, <laughs> like everybody's here because we're working on something. Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, I don't know what they're working on. They don't know what we're working on. But, um, you know, get in a place where it's appropriate for you to talk about that. And then get a support group. That's why AA is so important uh, if you're struggling. You know, I was talking with a, a man in our church. It's like, you know, he's, he's had battled a sex addiction for, well, sex addiction is probably a strong word, but porn addiction mm -hmm. for... Um, uh, 20 years of his life he's embarrassed to go to the support group and I was like bro like we have all the data we need mm -hmm. if you could have handled this with you and Jesus you would have mm -hmm. but he's embarrassed mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to be associated with those people mm -hmm. um, and and I think that's why men especially we don't want to go to the doctor because we don't want to be associated with the weak mm -hmm. you know really um, yeah that's very interesting you know and um, you know and, and it's so it's a cultural issue, you know, so in some minority groups, I mean, you have to beg and pry women to go to prenatal, like, you know, like you go in some communities, especially poor communities, there's huge billboards that say, you know, go see a doctor while you're pregnant. And mm -hmm. it's not, you know, we're like, when Madison was born, we're like, oh, we're pregnant. We're, you know, we're, we, we line, you know, we line up, <laughs> you know, 17, uh, you know, appointments immediately because we were raised in a, in a British Irish culture and very, very medicine centered so yeah. um, you know your culture um, you know does your family well you can do it do it on your own you know mm -hmm. are you encouraged to get help um, early on my parents um, almost got divorced and so they went to counseling and so that was always encouraged in my family mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, and my dad tells me all the time he says MasterCard saved my marriage because they couldn't afford counseling so put on the MasterCard mm -hmm. and um, you know don't be afraid to invest in yourself and and don't be afraid to talk to a professional. So, so what I would say is, you just really need to be honest with yourself, Madison, and say, can I deal with this on my own? And, 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 and play, play your own devil's advocate. You know, like, okay, here's the pros, here's the cons. I mean, make a list and, and divide it. Um, and then divide, what are the fears if I, if, I, if I talk to someone? And then who should I talk to? Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's always better to not be alone in your struggle. I, I think that that's where the devil has us. And, um, you know, for me, right, I'm, I'm a pastor, you know. Um, so people have expectations of me. People put me on a pedestal. So who do I talk to when I'm struggling or I'm not okay? And I have a very, very limited group of people that I trust and um, and, I, and I share with. And um, But, but I, I need it sometimes. And, I, you know, my wife is not my God, and she's not my community. Mm -hmm. She's my wife. Mm -hmm. 
she's also not my doctor. She's not my psychiatrist. Like I, she can't be all of those things to me. So I have to, I have to make sure that I don't dump that all on my spouse because that's not fair to your spouse. So, right. um, and what I would just say is, is go to your spouse and say, I need you to support me and encourage me in this while I pursue healing. Mm -hmm. And so I think a healthy expectation is to have a cheerleader as a spouse. They can't be a counselor. They can't be a doctor. Doctor, anybody can wave pom poms. <laughs> you know, like hey, you can do it. You can do it. And um, but I think that I think that we all need others. And it's interesting, James five sixteen. I mean, one of the questions. I don't know who you had it. Says, well, I can pray for myself. I don't need prayer for someone else. Mm -hmm. Well, James yeah, disagrees. Get to that one. Yeah. James five sixteen says, are any of you sick? Let him call the elders, plural, mm -hmm. to come and pray over him, so that he may be whole, whole and healed. So. James thinks that there's there's prayer that we do alone by ourselves, and then there's prayer where we need prayer from others. And so um, there's 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 a need. God wired us to need each other, mm -hmm. and, and, and to to be cared for by one another. We're not a species that does well. Like if a person truly wants to be isolated, that is that is a psychological issue. Mm -hmm. You know, a sociopath has no need for others no empathy for others like that's that's a problem mm -hmm. um, and it's not something that we we should especially if you're a Christian that we should like be proud of I don't need anybody well um, I mean I didn't make this can I didn't put the water in there I mean we we, we need people we don't even know mm -hmm. for things that we use all the time because collectively as a human race we're better together yeah so um, and, and the same thing is true of the church and you know, we, we need people from other perspectives. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. I think what the devil does is he says, you're the only one battling this, and no one has ever gone through it before. And then you realize, oh, this couple went through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's why, you know, I wish we tend in community groups to get in people same age, same socioeconomic status, same race, right? You know, and, and, and diversity really helps because, man, if you, have a, if you have a couple in your church or in your group, how long have you been married? Uh, just over a year. So, some wisdom there, not a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not even a year. No, four months. How about you? Two and a half. Two and a half years. Like So collectively, you don't have five years of marital experience. <laughs> we do not. No. Right? <laughs> and I'm reminded of that every day. Okay. <laughs> so I have 26 years mm -hmm. of marital experience. We've made a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. Probably more mistakes than all of you combined together have made. So, and we've had to learn, we've had to grow, we've had to work through that. So, um, we, we need that. Go ahead. Kind of going back to the, there's two things I wanted to ask you, but going back to the community thing first, why do you think that, maybe it's American culture, but why do you think the church kind of adapted this idea of you don't need small group? And I'm not saying, you know, the whole church, but there's kind of this running theme of like, you don't need small group, you don't need community mm -hmm. to where, you know, you, you read the gospels, Jesus yeah. had community the entire time. He had people with him all right. the time. So kind of going back to that person's questions, mm -hmm. why... Why is it so important that we have people praying for us outside of like, oh, I can pray for myself, it's fine. Like, why should we think differently about that? Yeah, so I think there's two issues. I think one, the church's fault. The church is afraid that if you, if you uh, multiply leadership and groups, the church will split and people will go do their own thing. So if I'm not the authority in everything, so you come to me for all authority, all answers, I teach, you listen, God changes and you don't need me, you'll split, start your own church, and you divide it. And that does happen. Mm -hmm. It does happen. But the reason for that is we've elevated the gift of teaching so high above the other gifts that are so needed, 
what we've done is we've diminished healing, listening, caring, loving, serving. You know, those gifts are just as essential. And that's Paul's entire point in 1 Corinthians 12. The eye cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. Like, mm -hmm. we need each other. And, you know, I, you know, people that come from other churches are the worst at sandals because all they want is a Bible study. Mm -hmm. All I want to do is, I, you know, I, like, like the church is a library to them where we just download content. And, and here's the truth. The Gospels are very short, very similar. Like, you know, there, there's not a lot of content there. The epistles are very short, very similar. Mm -hmm. They kind of touch on the same things, like don't be horrible to each other, love one <laughs> another, you know. I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty basic stuff, but we don't want to be nice. We don't want to forgive. We don't want to give grace. So what we do is we study. We study and we pour into what does this word mean in the Greek and how is it here? And, and here's the truth is every English translation you read is excellent. Excellent. And, um, you know, there is some knowledge to be had by going into the languages. But uh, my translation, and I know more Hebrew than anybody I know, um, my, my translation is never going to be as good as the dude or the gal that's just, just done that. You know, they've never preached a sermon in their life. They spent their entire life at Oxford understanding yeah. every language and, and so that they can come to a point of, okay, here's what this word means. Um, you know, and, and again, we have the Holy Spirit, right, that's speaking to us. The same Holy Spirit. The, the words might not be the same on paper, but the Holy Spirit is helping illuminate that. And so, so I think it's, we've elevated the gift of teaching to celebrity. Um, it's why when I, every single week, I say, come forward for prayer and let the ministers pray for you. People wait for me in the lobby and they come right to me. Mm -hmm. Because like he's varsity, he's closer, yeah. and it's like, look, man, the body of Christ is, we're all equals before the cross. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and and I'm, I'm tired, I just preached. And I, you know, I love you, but I don't really care right now. So, um, you know, but, but the person who come to church, that's the, like, the whole sermon, they're sitting there, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray for someone. Like, mm -hmm. think about that, they're, yeah. they're ready. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think about football, it's like handing the ball off to the punter. Like, why would you do that? I'm the punter, you know, I just give it to the running back, you know, yeah. give it to the person that's ready to pray and that's yeah. their gift because th that's important. And so, so I, I think that's, so I think it's the church, the celebrity pastor, and then I think it's the indiv individualization of culture. Jesus loves me, it's me and Jesus, we're good. And um, Christianity isn't us religion, it's a with others religion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's good. We, just, we just don't, we don't teach that well. And when I teach it, people don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Like we did a series. Man. I mean, that was, that was me, like for the longest time. Yeah small group was Bible study. So when I came here, I was like, I don't, I'm reading my Bible. I don't need Bible study. Yeah. And it took a major shift in my mind of like, okay, I got to be willing to let people into my life to call out the things that I need to grow in and also be that space for someone else. Yeah. 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 And Sorry, I, mean, I, mean, I mean to cut you off. No, but. no, 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 you didn't. No, that's huge. And so, you know, I just need to study my Bible. And um, I remember I, this guy left our church because I was so mad. Um, it's a, it's a very, very popular Bible study group. They go to churches and they collect people. And my mechanic went to his study and they were exegeting the book of Romans. And my mechanic is like, look, I'm a mechanic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just, I've gone through a divorce. I, and, and I went to this guy and I said, if I hear again, you're exegeting the Greek word anthropos. Like <laughs> you're done, you're done, right? And, and they left our church mad. 
because he cared more about studying the Word of God than mm-hmm. this guy in his group that's like, I just need to be around Christian men that can help me put my life back together. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, the purpose of the text is to help that guy. But we've made the text, that that's our arc. Like we just, and it's like, no, 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 this is an instruction manual to love this guy, mm-hmm. to pray for this guy. And, and people don't, People don't see it as that. And so, you know, Jesus didn't teach through the book of Leviticus. Yeah. You know, you grew up probably word by word, verse by verse. Mm-hmm. We, there's no, no, not one sermon that we have. No one does that. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the teaching of today. And the epistles are all topical, every single one. Mm-hmm. What's the issue of the church? Mm-hmm. Here's the advice that I give. Yeah. So we do a verse by verse Bible study of a letter written to a church that doesn't have the same problems we do. Or what you could do is, are there some similarities? Mm-hmm. Where do we struggle that they struggle? And then apply it. Mm-hmm. You know, and poor Rick Warren got just blasted when he started doing that called topical sermons. It's like, well, that's all Jesus preached on. Yeah. You know? So, um, so I think that's why the individualization of culture, we do not have a, uh, a community identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, American culture is very self-centered. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that's good. Some of it's not good. Yeah. Um, and then you have the celebrity teaching. And if you go on your own group and you start learning, you don't need me. Um, and I would consider that a win. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're called to need me. I think you're called to love me and be a part of a church. You know, um, Sandals Church is a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. And people are always like, why do you do that? And I said, because any church that's independent, so they say non-denominational, so you're telling me you stand alone and apart from all of God's church. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I don't think alone, and, and people are proud of that. No, no, we're not denominational. Yeah, denominations have problems. So do independent local churches. Mm-hmm. And so Southern Baptists drive me crazy. There's things that I'm just like, <laughs> but when Jesus said that he prayed that we would be one, I think he meant it. And so yeah. I most closely align with them theologically they allow every church to be independent and make their own decisions, but we're a part of a bigger movement. So that's why I'm a part of that. And um, I, I, you know, so I don't think, like some people are like, well, I don't get anything out of your teaching. Great, now start serving and become a minister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But people want to be the student forever. Yeah. And Jesus, we have to remember, Jesus left the students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, class time's over, now go do it. Yeah, and they didn't want him to leave. Mm-hmm. But that's what needs to happen and so we all want to be a disciple forever we all want to be taught forever and i'm not saying that you should never learn things or be wowed by things but i'm reading the same bible over and over and over again it's not new information Mm -hmm. what's new is the application Mm -hmm. how do i do this and so that's hard that's hard for church people that have been taught they just need to study god's word you should know god's word Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that you shouldn't but at some point, knowledge has to transfer to relationships. And how do I, you know, just think about how much Bible information the Pharisees had and they murdered the Son of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They violated one of the most important Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. They violated that mm-hmm. in the name of biblical purity, you know, uh, in, in the name of uh, doctrinal orthodoxy. Like, here's what we believe. And he united very different groups mm-hmm. together to kill him. And so, um, wow, this is not, bring me back to healing, save us. <laughs> yeah, so bring it back a little bit. Um, growing up in the church that I did, and I know this is a common theme for probably a lot of people, the church that I grew up in did not teach about healing. Sure, they talk about Jesus's ministries, but like healing as a thing that we can do today was right. never talked mm-hmm. about. It was always disciples, it was always Jesus, it was not 
something that could happen right now. Mm. So as we're going through the series called The Healer and then eventually have it some type of healing service whenever this comes yeah. out, either before or after, um, can you talk a little bit about like our stance on healing, if it can happen today, why you believe that it can happen today, um, that sort of thing? Yeah, so, so, so there, there's a church group called cessationists, and so they believe and I don't know why, they kind of pick gifts that have ceased. So uh, really the gift of prophecy has ceased and maybe a cessationist out there will correct me. And so I would just say this, not, no label accurately describes everyone who identifies with that label. Um, but no, no, no gift of tongues, so the speaking in tongues, no miracles um, and, no, and no prophecy. So the word of God is perfect. And so all of these miracles from their perspective happen to solidify the text, and then once the text came, those miracles kind of ceased. Mm -hmm. So there is a historical precedent that we hear less and less about the miracles after um, the apostles age out. Mm -hmm. um, th th that's historical precedent, but all that means is the miracles that took place were not recorded, so we don't have them. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to be very, very careful. If Luke doesn't write Acts, I don't know that we're going to get miraculous healings out of the epistles. I don't know that we're going to, but in the book of Acts, because there's a record of miracles, mm -hmm. we go, oh, miracles were still happening up to a point. Uh, and the book of Acts doesn't end, it just kind of stops. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and here's the other thing is, I think when, so, so, so that's them. And, and so why do they develop that? Because they prayed for their grandma and she died anyways. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's so important that we understand that God can say yes, God can say no, God can say wait. Um, so, and we've seen God do amazing things at Sandals through this series. Is everyone going to be healed? No. Mm -hmm. Life is difficult and it's full of suffering. Um, so we're not, we're not all going to get a yes. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's, that's, that's hard for people, but, but it's the truth. So then there's the other side, um, you know, where it kind of gets weird. Like we just speak in tongues and everybody gets crazy and loud and they violate everything. First Corinthians 14 says, mm -hmm. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been with my charismatic friends, everybody speaking in tongues, nobody interprets, nobody translates. It's all out of order. It's chaotic. It mm -hmm. violates everything. And so that's what I think the reaction is. The John MacArthur's are reacting against that. And so they're saying, well, we're not for that. And, and I think again, so much of theology is defining ourselves against something else. Mm -hmm. um, rather than saying, okay, what, what does the text say and how do we work out? So, so I've never spoken in tongues. I prayed for the gift of tongues. I prayed for it repeatedly. Um, the Apostle Paul says, do not prohibit speaking in tongues. So I don't do that. I don't prohibit it, but I don't promote it. Mm -hmm. um, but, but we allow it. And so Sandals Church is, believes that all of the same gifts are still here today. God still does the same miracles, but miracles are miracles because they don't happen all the time. We don't call them everydayers. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that we need to really, really wrestle with, and that's where I think we have to fall back on wisdom. We have to make wise choices because we can't always bet on a miracle. Mm -hmm. So, um, which would actually make a great message for this series. Um, Write <laughs> <laughs> it down. Because I think a lot of us believe I can be yeah. reckless, I can do whatever I want, and mm -hmm. then God will bail me out. Yeah. And then if he doesn't, he's not God. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Or you were a fool. Yeah. yeah. So we actually have a... Another question um, from someone, and it, it honestly falls along okay. with what you're talking about. And they said, I've been praying for the pain in my body to go away for over 20 years. Why am I waiting so long for my miracle? What would you say to them? Yeah, so I would say most of the research now says that chronic pain is 
psychosocial, and then I would add spiritual. So um, pain is a good thing. It lets you know something's wrong. Um, but like if you cut off somebody's leg, they can still mm -hmm. like, they, oh, my ankle hurts. You don't have an ankle. Mm -hmm. Phantom. Yeah, phantom. It's not phantom. It's real. Mm -hmm. That's wild. But, yeah. but it's not there. So it's psychological. And nobody wants to hear that. But yeah. <laughs> so, so here's what I would say to people that are struggling with chronic pain. The pain is real. The cause you think it is is not. Mm. So um, a lot of a lot, and this is again when you go to the doctors, and this is why we have a pain pill addicted society. They're going to numb your pain, and it doesn't go away. And in some cases, it gets worse mm. because you're not treating the issue. The issue is not just biological. So that's what the medicine deals with biology. It is psycho, mental. It is social. Some people go to the doctors because that's the only person they talk to. Yeah. It is spiritual. So I, 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 I've, not, I've not dealt with the issues in my mind, the, the feelings I have. Because mm -hmm. uh, medication does not deal with feelings. It can, do, it can only numb them. Mm -hmm. That's all it can do. But it doesn't deal with them. So I haven't dealt with my feelings. I haven't dealt with my thoughts. I haven't dealt with um, my social relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like think, think about, um, Tam used to make fun of me um, because if we got in a fight, I'd have diarrhea. Why is that? Because there's a physical response to my psychological mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If stress can cause diarrhea, what else can it cause? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It can cause chronic pain. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. It can cause uh, sleep disorders. It can cause all kinds of things. And so um, I've been battling anxiety this year. That's, that's what I've been praying for. And um, I don't like medication, so I've tried medication. I feel like Xanax makes it worse. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's been my experience. And I'm, again, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about one experience is not the experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, just because your aunt got COVID and farted doesn't mean that's happening to you. <laughs> you know? I mean, but you, that's what people yeah. do. Oh, yeah. so-and-so got it and they were mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. yeah, but you're not so-and-so. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, Madison and I had it at the same time, very different experiences. Mm -hmm. So uh, age, biology, and we actually share biology, but we had, we had a different experience. Mm -hmm. um, so what, you know, we all recognize stress can cause a headache. Mm -hmm. Why can't it cause a backache? Yeah. Why can't it cause knee pain? Yeah. Why can't it cause shoulder pain? Mm -hmm. Why can't it like, I don't think we get to select where the brain sends mm -hmm. the emergency to. If we could, that would be lovely. Right. For you me, know. stress manifests in my stomach. Right. And so I have a myriad of different problems. Mm -hmm. And then it's helpful for me to feel that pain because right. it tells me to check in with my body and mm -hmm. that tells me that there's something wrong, mm -hmm. something subconsciously that I'm mm -hmm. not realizing up front. So it's helpful in that. But yeah, if we could pick wherever yeah. pain went, that would yeah. be fantastic. And so I think, I think the pushback is gonna be, so you're saying I'm crazy. No, mm -hmm. I'm saying you have not worked at developing your mind to the extent that you need to develop mm -hmm. it. You are the captain of this ship mm -hmm. and, and you need to, uh, the Bible says take every thought captive. So go through and, and work through that. And so uh, my approach to anxiety is, so I had really bad anxiety last week um, on Saturday morning. Um, part of that is just kind of pre-preaching. That's just, that's just kind of my routine. I get a little dark. I get a little concerned before I teach live. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, I've asked for that to go away. God has clearly said no. I don't think it's a wait. I'm 26 years into this, mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I should feel have some anxiety and stress because it's a big deal yeah. mm -hmm. what I'm doing. 
so what I do is I go in and we have a yoga room and people say, oh, yoga, that's the devil. Look, here's where yoga is great. When, when, you know, namaste and all that crap, I'm not praying to some deity. I'm just not, I'm not yeah. saying, but here's where yoga is great. It helps you get in touch with your body. Mm -hmm. How am I feeling? Yeah. What is going on? What is happening in me? And as Christians, I just think we ignore our bodies. Mm -hmm. So, so I go in there and, and I, I lay down and I literally just start saying out loud, Madison's heard me, I, I talk out loud all the time. What am I feeling anxious about? And here's what people tell me all the time. I don't know why I'm anxious. Mm -hmm. Well, if you don't know why, how can I help you? How can a doctor help you? Mm -hmm. So really do the work, yeah. and it may not be a day, it may be a week, it may be a year of counseling, it could be a decade. Why am I so flippin' anxious? Mm -hmm. And then speak it out loud. So I was anxious about Ukraine, Russia. I had to, had to say that. Like this is, I'm concerned. This is out of my control, mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, um, somebody said, well, why are you nervous about Biden? I because he's president. <laughs> makes me I'm anxious like it like I'm not I don't know that we have the best guy you know at the top right now I mean I'm, I'm concerned and that's and if you're a Democrat I, I love you I I'd, I'd be concerned if Trump was there for different reasons I think he's a little twitchy um, you know he's like fire um, you know uh, so right and I think we should all be concerned yeah. rather than just trusting mm -hmm. these people who can blow us all up like right. um, so so I was concerned about that. I was concerned about, Tammy and I had had a, a difficult connection. Like we just, we, we had a, an interaction that was just, it was off. Um, I was concerned about my parents. Just my parents are aging. I was, I was worried about them. And then I was concerned about money. I'm, I'm at that age now where I realize I am not, I'm not gonna be able to work forever. Mm -hmm. You know, and okay, do I have enough to make sure that Tammy and I are okay? And you know, the stock market because of Russia, right? It's all crashing. So I just said those things out loud. And here's the truth. I can't control Putin at all. Um, I, you know, I can't control my finances. I've done the best I can. I'm going to go make it right with Tammy. God, I need, I need you in this process. And, and I prayed over myself. I prayed over myself. Mm -hmm. And I went in and apologized to Tammy and I felt better. But here's the thing about anxiety. It comes back. Like, yeah. like I, I, I think you've got to quit you got to quit believing in the one and done, like, like take it away. Just like the chronic pain, I think you can have more control of your life, um, but you're going to, but you have to take control of your life. Mm -hmm. And um, I had terrible chronic pain in, in my 30s. I thought I had rheumatoid arthritis. I convinced myself I had RA. I, I, got, I went pretty mentally whacked. Um, and I think your 30s, you guys aren't there yet, but your 30s is when you, when your whole dream of what life is going to be, you're like, ah, it didn't happen. Like, it just... I just wasn't who I thought I was going to be and what I thought was going to happen didn't happen and you kind of have to like embrace reality and so um, I didn't handle that work very well but that's when you know because people look at me like oh you're super physically fit no I became physically fit because I realized that I need to my, my job is spiritually and uh, psychologically taxing mm -hmm. I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have to lift a thing here I could have assistants feed me if I wanted to that'd be weird <laughs> But I could do that. So I have a very stressful job psychologically and spiritually. I've learned I have to stress myself out physically. Otherwise, I'm off. Yeah. And so I couldn't sleep. I couldn't whatever. And so I have to do something physical every day. And it has to be hard. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so I do that. I started going to counseling. I did a thing called deep healing. We could do an episode on that. That was life-changing for me. Um, and that's the spiritual component. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And right, I'm a pastor, duh. 
I'm under spiritual attack. Never occurred to me in my life. Why wouldn't the devil attack me? Right. I would attack me. Yeah. So, um, you know, where is Putin attacking? The most areas he considers strategic, you know? Um, so uh, my favorite thing I saw in the news this week is they had a Russian tank in the field and some farmer just towed the tank while they were off going to the bathroom. <laughs> they, weren't worried about, they weren't worried about it because there's nothing in this field, but this Ukrainian's like, I'm gonna do what I can do. So he, he hooked the tank up and towed it away. Wow. It was great. Um, uh, I wanted to, to connect back to you know, this question of you yeah. know, why am I waiting so long yeah. for a miracle? One question I've heard a lot with talking about friends is how do we differentiate between a no and a wait? Well, you know it's a no when someone dies. I think that's when we know, okay, we got to know. Um, I pray I pray all the way up to death. I've never prayed for a resurrection. I, there have been churches that have done that publicly. Um, you know, I think um, that that is an extraordinarily miracle that, you know, will occur a handful of times in history. You know, and Jesus was able to do that. Um, and I know there's a verse that says, you know, we can do greater things than him. And I think it means greater in scope because Jesus was limited to a very, very small space. Um, I don't think it means, I don't think we will be greater than Jesus. I, I just, I think that's a misunderstanding of the text. Um, so I, I think death is a no. And so, um, and that's where I see Christians really falling apart because then they spend the rest of their life questioning God's... Mm -hmm authority, power, and wisdom. So, so I, I think, um, and we're going to get into this in discerning God's will in a couple weeks, and again, they have already probably watched this because it's a time warp, but we're going to get into one of the things that we have, to, we have to really do when we're praying is discern God's will. So that's what it means to pray in my name. Anything you will ask for in my name, you will have. So what that means is not whenever I just slap the bumper sticker Jesus on it, but when I am hearing what Jesus is saying, and I proclaim his truth over a healing. So, so what does that mean? If I say, be healed in the name of Jesus, I would only say that if I felt like Jesus said that I'm supposed to say that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I would always ask for healing. But Paul, Peter says, silver and gold have I none in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise and walk. He commands it because I think he heard it. Mm -hmm. He felt it. He sensed the Holy Spirit was saying, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're going to be healed. And we got to be very careful because some people say that. I, I mean, I know a good friend of mine. Yeah. They said, your dad will, will heal. The Lord told me. And her dad died. Well, that's a false prophet. Mm -hmm. You know, there needs, to be, there needs to be repentance for that. And that's why guys like John MacArthur go nuts and go cessationist because that's damaging to someone. Mm -hmm. God said, your mom's going to survive. Your dad's going to survive. God told me. And then, so then God's a liar. No, this prophet's an idiot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why, you know, they put false prophets to death in Israel because that really messes with people's noodles when yeah. somebody says something. So, so I think, um, I would assume waiting. I would assume waiting always unless... Mm -hmm. You get, a de you get a definitive no. And, and Jesus says, and we can get into that, pester him with it and keep coming back with, mm -hmm. at, with it um, because I believe you can change God's mind. I, I, I believe that. I believe that it's interactive and he can, he can interact with us. And I know some theologians lose their minds, but the Hebrew is very clear. God regrets. 
God changes his mind. God changes his attitude. God does different things. The prophet Isaiah speaks to Hezekiah. It says, you will die. God said it. And Hezekiah cries out to God. And Isaiah comes back and says, the Lord has changed his mind. You get 15 more years because you've humbled yourself. Yeah. What would you say to the person then who is the one dying in terms of the wait and the no? Because obviously for people praying for it, then obviously if the person they're praying for dies, it was a no. But I think if you were that person, that'd be pretty hard to hear right now, which I get it. Yeah, and I've had to have those conversations. You know, I just, I think about uh, um, a man in our church I prayed with. um, I think it was in November. He was on his deathbed. He was dying of cancer. And um, you guys probably don't know what someone looks like when they're dying. But over time, you know, you, you, you can tell when... And he wanted me to pray for healing for him, and I said no. I said the Lord is. I said you guys have repeatedly prayed for healing, um, and I just asked him. I said, when's the last time you went to the bathroom? When's the last time you pooped? And he hadn't pooped in a week, and I was like, his body's shutting down, and he was yellow and bedridden and um, uh, on hospice. Um, so all the signs are there, and I said, I said, I just told him. I said the Lord has said no. You've asked for healing. The Lord has said no you need to prepare yourself to meet God, are you ready? And he just, he laid in bed and he just cried and he cried. And, um, you know, it was the most amazing story because his ex-wife that he had divorced is the only one that would take him in. And he's sleeping on her couch. Like, guys, we're just such idiots. We just always pick the wrong women, right? Um, And even though she divorced, he had divorced her, hurt her, right? She's the one that is loving him, changing his diapers the last month of his life. But I looked him in the face and I said, I'm not here to ask for a miracle. I'm here to prepare you to meet Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's a lot that goes into that. He had not been a good steward of his life. I didn't, I didn't feel like he needed more time. He had all the time that he needed. Now, he thought he needed more time, but he'd wasted his life. Why, why, why would God? I, I, just, I think we have to ask that. Why would God extend your life? Because you've been such a poor steward. And we all want to say, oh, well, I'll do better. But we know from medical history, people that get transplants don't. Mm-hmm. They go, like, you could, you could, you're, how old are you? 28. You could be a 28-year-old that gets a liver transplant because you've drunk yourself to death from 15 to 28. Get a liver and ruin the next one. Mm-hmm. We know that. And yeah. so, so a lot of people would be like, oh my gosh, you know, how on earth could you say? Well, I had a sense. He died. I was right. Mm-hmm. And people don't. I think we all bet on a miracle rather than embracing God's will. Mm-hmm. And I just, and no one will tell him that. You're dying. Yeah. Like, this is it for you. Yeah. And he said, how much time do you think I have? And I said, I'm not a doctor and I'm not God. But based on the people I've seen, you have less than a week. He died two days later. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think for me as a Christian, and again, we're during, during the series, The Healer, I think for me, I have felt incredibly convicted throughout the whole thing about mm-hmm. I think being told that like as a believer I have power why am I not Mm. praying over people why do I not feel like I'm good enough or whatever don't have the the skills I think Um, I guess I'd like to hear encouragement um, or even more clarity on like because what you said like false prophets like I would never tell somebody that you know what you're whoever is gonna be healed and they're gonna make it because I just don't like for me I doubt that like why am I important enough for God to talk to me and tell me that that's my own issue but at the same time I think we're called like from the series and everything like 
I am now more convicted mm. than ever of like, I have not been a good steward of the, mm. the Holy Spirit being inside me that I, I do have the ability to mm. pray over people mm. and um, make change. I don't know, I guess, do you have encouragement? I'm sure that there are other people who feel that way too. Yeah, I would just say it, it, you have to detach yourself from the process and just say, I am praying to the God who's making the earth spin and float. And we're actually not floating. I need to change that because we're actually traveling through the universe at 36,000 miles an hour. I, yeah, we're shooting like a bullet, which is <laughs> really scary. Yeah, yeah, we're, 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 the, the sun is traveling through our galaxy at 70,000 kilometers an hour, which I think is 36,000 miles an hour, and it's pulling us in like a wake. It's flipping crazy. Um, Wakeboarding yeah. through space. Yeah, we, we are, we, yeah, we are on a spaceship. Like nobody understands, we are on a spaceship. Yeah, we're, we're like bacteria on a rock alive, you know, and so we're calling out to, you know, um, the God of the universe who makes that happen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, which again, for those that are listening that don't believe in a God, it means that, it means that our, our universe, or our solar system had a beginning it started from somewhere, and it's going somewhere, and it will have an end. Mm -hmm. Like, at some point, the sun will run out of energy. The propulsion, right, it, it's going to slow down. I mean, it's crazy. Um, unless, of course, something is pulling us towards it that's bigger, and maybe his name is Jesus. So, um, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's a whole other conversation. You know, you, you guys asked me in one of the debrief episodes, you know, what about, um, what about, uh, Oh my gosh, my brain just went blank. The twelve, the age of Aquarius, all that stuff. Astrology. What about astrology? And I and I had to say I know nothing about it. And um, what I would say now is, when is astrology evil? When you make it all about you. When is astrology good? When you learn to look up to the heavens and realize that all ancient peoples looked at the stars as a clock. Mm. And there's a beginning, and we're moving towards an end. The Mayans thought it was 2012. They were wrong. We're still here. But what if they were just partially off? Like, you know, they're judging based upon their eye. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, um, so, so what the ancient worlds, right, they looked at the stars and they saw, they saw uh, a clock that was indicating God's movements. So who found Jesus? Astrologers from the east mm -hmm. who were observing the stars and they saw something that they were looking for that indicated the Messiah had come. Now we've lost all that intelligence. We don't know because all those libraries got burned and uh, the Muslims haven't been super kind to li libraries in the Middle East, unfortunately. So we've lost a lot of that ancient wisdom. Um, but So I think it's good in terms of seeing ourselves as a very small part of a much bigger picture. We don't look up to the heavens enough. I think it's really bad when you're like, I was born on June 2nd, so therefore I'm a, you know, I think that's silly. Because that's making it all about you. Right. So I think astrology is great as we look out and we try to understand the world in which we live. I mean, why did God put the stars there? You know, the heavens declare the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, so that's where I think it's good. So maybe that'll be a book that'll get me burned at the stake, you know. Maybe. Well, in Riverside, um, we don't see stars. We see yeah, a plane. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Plains <laughs> All the smog, yeah. you don't see them. But yeah. then you go out maybe. to, you know, the desert. There was a guy years ago at Sound Church. You said, I would never say you're going to be healed. And um, this guy had cancer, and, and it was pretty bad. And he was pretty bummed. And he was younger than me. And this is 15 years ago. And I just had this sense, you're going to be okay. And I just told him, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray over you, but I feel like God's going to heal you. And he's still around. Like, 
he's he's still at our church and he was he was deathly ill mm-hmm. you know he grew up on a base in the pacific where they like tested nuclear bombs mm-hmm. like he had a weird cancer man yeah. and i was like i know i know you're scared i just have a real sense but i didn't say god said but he's still here yeah. um and uh, i haven't talked to him since covid but yeah. I think that's a really important thing to note about healing, though, when we're talking about us as Christians going out and praying for other people and um, is being in tune with God enough to know that that's him saying that yeah. and that it's not something else saying that or us claiming to be false prophets based off of what we think will happen yeah. um, rather than there. Because, yeah, there's a there's a feeling. Mm. The Lord has spoken to me very clearly a few times, like a handful of times throughout my life, and it is you know, it is both terrifying, exciting, it gets you riled up, but you're also so scared to move, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, for, for me, it's like that, that's how the Lord speaks to me. Um, but to know, yeah, that that's not something coming from us, but rather mm. something that's coming from God instead. Mm. Yeah, and again, that comes with time and relationship. I mean, you've been married now for what? Months. You know, nice. imagine you've been married 10 years, you're gonna be able to sense what Logan's feeling, thinking before he says it or does it. It just happens, Um, you know, uh, and I don't know everything about my wife, but we married 26 years, but I can sense, feel, and I have an understanding of what she's going to do. The same thing should be happening with your relationship with God as you grow in your relationship with him. And Peter had a deep, vibrant connection with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So and gold have I not, but what I do have, I give you. Mm -hmm. So he knew, man, God's going to heal this guy. And so he does it. And I think that the church needs signs and wonders because they're signs. So Paul, uh, John in the gospel calls every miracle that Jesus does a sign, validating who he was. And we, we live in an age where Jesus is just one of many options, if you even choose options. Um, and so we need signs and wonders that re-identify him as the healer. And um, you know, I think about that guy who was in that coma and as his wife and mother-in-law are praying for him at our church, mm-hmm. he has a dream. His father appears to him and says, you know, if, if you'll serve Jesus for the rest of your life, he'll heal you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy. And yeah. he said, I'll serve. And he woke up and then he came to church. He was at Menifee this last weekend. Pastor Rocky sent a, a picture of them together without oxygen. His lungs are 100% healed. He's fine. Wow. It's, just, it's just a crazy miracle. Yeah. And... Um, you know, God, and he said, man, I'm here to do what, whatever you want me to do because mm-hmm. God spared my life. And people are like, well, how do, you, how do you know he had that vision? I don't know, you know, but I know, I know, I know he, his wife thought he was going to die. They prayed. Here he is. This is what he heard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, you know, I don't think we have to believe every story, but that's a pretty convincing one. And yeah. I saw it right in front of my eyes. And, um, and I, hope that, I hope that we'll all see God do amazing things restore marriages, mm-hmm. alleviate anxiety. Um, and so like for those of us who deal with anxiety and depression, if there's a spiritual component and we're under demonic attack that's causing that, God will remove that. Yeah. So is there a spiritual component to this? And I believe with mental illness, there usually is. Why do crazy people always talk about God? The devil. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I remember one time um, my son and I, we, when he was little, we would go on mandates and he would pick ice cream or Slurpees. And so he picked Slurpees and we went to this ghetto 7-Eleven. And right when we got out of the car, you know it, there's a homeless person there that looks dangerous. You know they're gonna engage you. You know, we've all had that experience. 
So I move my son to my side so I'm in between this person that looks kind of frightening. And as we walk by, he says, you're a pastor, aren't you? Mm. And I said, have we met before? And he said, no. And I said, I said, how did you know I was a pastor? He said, I can see your aura. Okay. So he sees things yeah. that everybody else misses. Yeah. So, so we sat and we talked and, and, and he said, will you pray for me? And I said, sure, as long as you don't touch my son, I'll pray for you, you know? And so we prayed. And we went in and got our Slurpees, you know, but, you know, he, like, he just called me out like that, yeah. you know, and it wasn't a place that we normally frequent, so. So, as we kind of wrap up here, there's been a lot of great stuff, and mm. we've seen the, the healing power of yeah. this series already. Yeah. Um, personally, I've heard, you know, the phrase, the power of prayer, mm -hmm. but normal everyday life sometimes my prayer is just like oh, I gotta say this real quick before yeah, I yeah. eat or you know it's kind of just like the extra little salt we throw on our lives mm -hmm. but how as a church as Christians should we approach prayer um, and how should we approach waiting for that answer not getting the answer mm -hmm. that we want or getting the answer that we want you know how I'm trying to formulate how I want to say this but how should we yeah how as a church should we approach this topic of healing and prayer yeah, I, I think that we need to believe that God can, and we need to pray that He will, and we need to, I would say before this podcast, we need to uh, just accept His answer, but I would say we now we need to add, we need to sense His will. Mm. Try to get a sense, God, what is your will in this situation? Because I don't know if you guys know this, but everybody dies. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, life is risky. None of us are getting out of here alive. Like, mm -hmm. that's how it all ends, right? Um, we all die. And I think that culturally, we're all shocked by death now. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, you lost your mom early on, so you, you're not surprised by it. It's very normal to you yeah. because, um, you know, the reality of life hit you in the face at a much earlier stage than most of us. But for most of us, you know, it, we're, we're kind of immune to that, you know. Um, I mean, just, just 75 years ago, you washed your own dead. You buried your own dead, like, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I got, my mom has family pictures in her house, uh, people around a casket. You know, they, they washed them, cleaned them, put them in the box. Everybody takes a picture and they put them in the ground. Um, so I think that we, 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 need to, we need to believe, we need to pray more. Um, and, and, and don't wait until you need a miracle to pray. Yeah, that's good. Start, start sensing. And I would say pray for small things. Um, this bicycle right behind me, um, you know, when I was, uh, the reason wherever I go, it'll always be with me. Um, I prayed and asked God for this, mm -hmm. and my dad didn't have the money. And at a Little League game, it's a true story, at a Little League game, uh, this bike is about $1,000 in the 1980s, which is about 10 grand now, is a lot of money. And I asked God for this bicycle, and my dad just my dad just said, I can't afford that, son. And that next Saturday at a game, uh, a, a military guy said, I'm going to Guam tomorrow, anybody wanna buy this bike? And he sold it to me for 75 bucks. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, and it wasn't stolen, but here's the thing is, we, we, my mom and dad were worried it was stolen, so there's a serial number on the bottom. I can see it right here, so we took it to the police station. Police officers in the 80s actually used to have divisions that dealt with bicycle crime. That's how much better things were in the 80s. Um, <laughs> what a concept. Yeah, um, now they're not even coming. You're like, we're, we don't care that your bike gets stolen. So they told us to go to Nishiki, and Nishiki is now, no, Nishiki's no longer Nishiki, it's now called Giant. Mm. Okay. So they changed their name, they realized people don't want a Japanese sounding name on their bike. I like it, but um, but Nishiki had no record of this bike ever being made. Wow, that's pretty wild. There's yeah. no there's no serial number. I believe it was an angel. Wow. 
who sold it to me for what my dad had done a wedding and he got 75 bucks that week. He had 75 extra bucks. Wow. Wow. And I think, and it just reminds me that God answers prayers no matter how small they are mm -hmm. because he loves his children. And so how do you, and he said, well, I prayed for this and, and God didn't give it to me because God must know you, you didn't need that. But if you ask for something and it's going to improve your relationship with him and make you better, I believe God says yes. Yeah. So this improved my relationship with God and it made me better. Kept me out from doing drugs because when you start doing uh, sports, I'm not going to smoke weed and I'm not going to drink because I want to be an athlete. Mm -hmm. So it really saved me from a lot of the perils that my friends experienced. So it, it made me better and it connected me more deeply with God, but I learned early on. Um, I also prayed for an Irish wolfhound, and I got that too. And my mom said, you need to quit praying for stuff. <laughs> because she, she's like, we don't want a 200-pound dog in this house. So, so an Irish wolfhound's like, they're a very expensive dog. Mm -hmm. And they're and, giant. Yeah, they're gigantic. And I started praying, and somebody in the church, they raised Irish wolfhounds. They said, we have one free for Matt. My mom was like, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I would just say... Um, you know, just keep praying and and just because you got to know doesn't doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It means that he did love you and he knew that it, it wouldn't improve your relationship with him and it wouldn't make your life better. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were in small group this last week and one of the gals in our small group, her mom committed suicide with drugs. And so she prayed and said, God, save her. And she didn't. And um, she's been she's been hurt and mad at God for years. And the truth is, I believe my friend's life was better when her mom died because her mom's not a good person. And that's hard to say, but God knew that if he brought her mom back, it would, there would be more trauma in her life. And we're talking major, major trauma. I don't mean like her mom was mean. I mean like mm -hmm. criminal, yeah. like criminal stuff. And, um, and I think God did good to her by getting her mom out of her life. And that's hard to hear because it's your mom. Yeah. It's so interesting, too, because with my mom, my mom was a fantastic person, yeah. but I lost her out of my control. Yeah. Um, but years later, going through a lot of healing, a lot of counseling, therapy on my own, I have also come to believe that I am a better person mm. for not having my mom in my life mm. because it's made me experience things or grow up faster and have yeah. deeper, meaningful conversations with God and with other people right. around me mm. um, that has helped me become a better person and strengthen my faith in God. Even though it was an awful, terrible yeah. situation, mm. ultimately in the end, it took me a while to get here, but I actually do believe that yeah. I'm a better person. And remember what we said a couple weeks ago, when God gives a no, he gives you strength. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So God gave you strength. And yeah. so and so that's the thing that's hard. Your mom was killed in a car accident, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so, I mean, God, why does this happen? Well, God didn't invent vehicles that travel hundreds of miles an hour that create collisions that our bodies are just our bodies were not made yeah. to to, to have impact yeah. any kind of impact over I think like 20 miles an hour can be catastrophic mm -hmm. I mean if you run full speed into a wall and not probably none of us in here can run 20 miles an hour no. um, <laughs> you know like God has designed us to be able to withstand certain things we have created devices that create great comforts mm -hmm. but with speed comes consequence and yeah. That's the thing. It's like, you know, when a plane crashes, God, why did, why did you do this? Well, God didn't invent the plane. He gave us the mind power, but we invented the plane. You know, I mean, it's, you just got to be really, really careful where we put the blame on God. Now, did God choose not to intervene? Yes. Mm -hmm. But God rarely, rarely intervenes in human history because that, I mean, I mean, I'm not God. I don't know what that would do to the time continuum. You know, I mean, I, you know, like that's a whole other 
Marvel show, um, <laughs> you know, um, and, and how that disrupts and changes everything. And um, so, but I know this, God is moving through history. And when we get such a painful no like that, there is such an amazing yes to strength and presence. And, um, and so, uh, love you guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah.